Sandy, we're back. This is great. <laughs> so we are. We took a little break after our first season of looking at the Proverbs, and uh, here we are, season two. Fantastic! I can't believe they welcomed us back. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever they are, the people they demanded welcomed. another season. <laughs> So I really love talking about the different wisdom sayings and experiencing that together. That was that was really really meaningful. Uh, what do we have on tap for for the second season? Well, we found something uh, very intriguing about David. Uh, who was he? Why are we interested in him? Why would we think that those listening to us would be? Uh, but very interested, uh, I think he has been to. To all kinds of people, various traditions in the Jewish community, the Christian, others, uh, and so uh, I guess the first thing we probably ought to do is is think out why he was so exciting to us, and talk about that uh, with the idea that if for good reason he's exciting to us, he might be to others as well. What and you really are the first one among us, at least, to express an interest in this being our second season, talking about David, King David. What got you interested in it in the first place? Well, it, in many ways, it was because the idea of this podcast is this have a shared word that we that we as friends, as well as uh, both of us in our different traditions, we come with a shared word uh, for you in the Jewish uh, tradition and the Christian tradition. Uh, for me, the role of David plays central in both of our faith communities and both of our of, of our shared text. And I think that's something really worth exploring. Why is King David so central uh, to the Jewish faith? Well, uh, you know, let's start with what we share, uh, because it certainly uh, is believed within Judaism, as it is believed in Christianity, uh, that David would be the ancestor of the Messiah. Uh, which and I, I and I hope you'll go on about that uh, a, a little bit, uh, and I know you will when uh, uh, soon. Uh, but there is that thought, and so um, it, uh, David is is instantly important within Judaism because uh, he's thought to be the. It's thought that the Messiah will have come from uh, uh, from David's line. Uh, second, uh, it, it's thought that all the kings. Uh, at the beginning, it was thought that the kings would come from David. Uh, there began to be differences and to, uh, detours and so forth and so on. Um, I, I think, too, that uh, it's just terribly important, I think, for both of us, uh, for both traditions, certainly as for Jude- Judaism, uh, that David is purported to have written the Psalms, mm-hmm. uh, which is a book we might want to consider talking about together, too, because... Mm-hmm. Psalms is just such a source of inspiration and comfort and solace and uh, uh, knowledge and so forth in all kinds of times of our lives, and is such a, a you know really well read book for that reason by all peoples. Now, did David write all the Psalms? Uh, maybe not. Uh, scholars would say, but he clearly was involved in some of them, yeah. if not setting up the tradition. So uh, we have that as well. Let me finally say that uh, he's just such an interesting character. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think one Mm -hmm. of the things that's so appealing about him, and we'll talk about this a lot, I know, is that even with his imperfections, Mm -hmm. uh, he was a man of God. He believed in God. He was loyal to God. And so uh, I think for people who have imperfections, and we all do, 
uh, he's a model uh, mm-hmm. to look at. Yeah, for me, that's the reason personally I'm attracted to David is uh, he is such a flawed hero. And we instinctively, we're drawn to flawed heroes, I think, as people, because we, we are too familiar with our own self. Even with to whatever degree that we are self-aware, we know that we have imperfections, we have flaws, we have our own sense of brokenness. And, uh, and yet, somehow, seeing stories like David gives us hope that, that God actually sees us as well, even, even sees us through uh, our flaws and our brokenness to, to something better. And I, I, I think that's in part why people are attracted to the life of David. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then again, tell me, though, in, in, is it emphasized in Christianity that, that this was a forebearer of Jesus? I mean, that, 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 um, is that an important notion that links people to want to study more about him, about David? Yeah, so just like you shared earlier, there's this this belief that there's the eventual Messiah will come through the line of David. So even even in some of our uh, accounts of the Gospels, uh, most importantly at the beginning of Matthew, it begins not by saying this is where Jesus was born, this is where this is what happened. It actually begins with genealogy, and so the the text uh, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew begins with showing how Jesus came from the line of David and that God's promise was fulfilled through that lineage. Um, I think that's really important for, for people who are looking for the fulfillment of that, pro, uh, that promise. Um, and uh, so that's really meaningful for God being faithful to what he said he would do. Um, and then also for people who have that promise in their mind for it to to feel validated of who Jesus was, that he wasn't just someone from obscurity, but he actually was from the line of David. That is very meaningful to a lot of Christians. You know, one of the things about David that appeals to me a lot, let me move us a little bit in this other direction, uh, just is is his diversity. Uh, That you would have somebody who was a shepherd, Mm -hmm. uh, and yet who, uh, through killing lions and bears somehow learned something had a wisdom that allowed him to be you know quite successful on the battlefield yeah uh, first with goliath and then as a very successful commander in the field and yet was uh, a poet and a and a and a the player of of, of the lyre and the musical instruments mm-hmm. capable of generating uh, beautiful, aesthetic, spiritual notions uh, in words and music. Um, I find anybody that has that kind of uh, diversity of experiences and skills uh, interesting to study. Absolutely. Yeah, he's like a, he's the ultimate <laughs> renaissance man. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, he's gifted in so many different ways. And he also was a great leader. He was, he was a great king. Uh, so it wasn't only that he led the... Uh, led Israel uh, into a new chapter, but he also guided them and shepherded them um, through that too. Yeah, there's so many different traits that David shows, uh, but even in that, he also shows brokenness. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. You know, and I think this is one of the reasons why I hope he's appealing to people, he is to me, is that a lot of the brokenness happens in his family life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 
how many of us have, you know, have in one way or another had issues or problems or challenges in our families uh, so we can identify with him too. So much of, uh, of, of, the, of the sacred text about him, largely in 2 Samuel, uh, is about uh, the difficulties he had uh, with, his, with his children. Mm. Um, and the fact that he, if he erred, uh, he would err on the side of trusting them maybe too much. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, Absalom in particular. Uh, to the point that it jeopardized his leadership, or it seemed to jeopardize his leadership. Uh, why did he make the decisions? Uh, why did he have those problems? Why did he make the decisions he made? To what extent family problems uh, help us understand how to deal with yeah. these issues, particularly when we lead public lives or we're involved in, in business or in the world? Uh, in the intersection of family and the world. I think there's a lot to merit study of David for that, for that reason too, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Is there a particular uh, story or a section of David's life that's meant something personally to you? Well, you know, oddly a little thing, and, and I hope we'll find some time to talk about it. Um, you know, they're all the big stories. I mean, and you know... Uh, I could answer, and I probably would be truthful in answering, that uh, the way he responds uh, when Natan, when his advisor, uh, gets to tell him uh, that he sinned. Uh, the reaction of a person to being rebuked, uh, we don't react well to it, do we? <laughs> it's not, we're taught to, to listen to criticism and to uh, uh, try to say, yes, I did wrong. Uh, I think um, David's response to a rebuke uh, is just a model yeah. of how good people ought to act. Yeah. But having said that, and as important as that was, I have so many others. Mm -hmm. uh, his uh, listening to the, the account of Abigail uh, and his just being mesmerized and taken with a person who makes a compelling case for justice and mercy that he's open to that. That's a big thing. I know you asked for one. And I think even more than those, however, is just the little tale of when the ark is returning to, when he brings the ark back, uh, he takes everything off of himself that's kingly and dances almost in a frenzy of love and passion and, uh, and uh, the beauty of it all. I mean, he's, he, didn't, he doesn't care about how he looks. Yeah. He doesn't care about his dress. He's a bit disheveled. He is, he's feeling the ecstasy, really, of the moment of the return of God's word to the city. And he doesn't experience it so much as the king or as a citizen who looks out appreciatively. It has a deep impact on him, and he doesn't mind showing the emotion, even to the extent that his wife uh, thinks it's embarrassing. Right. I find uh, that a person, uh, even who has that kind of stature, uh, could could become so taken, carried away, that he that he allows himself to uh, be that kind of person uh, in the street. That that may be the story above all else that moved me. Mm. What do you, what about you? Yeah, the story of David and Goliath is always you know it's uh, played big in in, in my life, uh, but. 
like you shared, it, David's response to being called out in his sin has been the most profound uh, thing in my life. It's it's uh, it's guided me, and uh, in many ways, it's the it's the psalm that uh, that David shares in response um, to that. For me, is many people talk about the psalms being the the book of common worship for people, but it's also, it's the, the book of prayer mm-hmm. and it's been my book of prayer. And so the, the words that he says in Psalm 51, uh, it begins with have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my, my transgressions, wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I mean, I've said, I've said this prayer so many times in my life. Um, but specifically, this uh, prayer right here, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Uh, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. That's been uh, a prayer that I've prayed countless times. Because uh, I too am like David. I make mistakes often. But it's, I'm grateful for David's life and example that that God responds to that repentance, that just that prayer of, God, I need you to start, start me over again. I need you to, to wash me, uh, make me new. And God loves that prayer. God loves that prayer. And God, and we love that he devoted his whole life to living uh, a repentant life. Yeah. Uh, what a model that is. Well, Sandy, I'm excited about this season. Really I am excited too. about these conversations. I am too. Let's get started pretty soon. Okay. And, and uh, hopefully uh, it will draw us and others into a better understanding of and appreciation of this great figure in history.